episode two of the Apologetics podcast series. Again, we're going to start small, then we're going to build up down the road. So it's just the, again, basic, fundamental ideas on things. But today we're going to do baptism. So you got most of the guys, you know, especially running to a uh, Protestant, they're going to just say basically that baptism isn't really necessary. Shoot, you meet many Catholics that do it. They'll actually uh, postpone it for years, months. I met a guy that did postpone it for nine years. Got kind of mad at me for telling him that moral theology said that was kind of a mortal sin. But he had no idea. He was never taught. So basically you'll find guys that will say like, you know, are you born again? You know, are you, a, you know, that's great and all, but are you born again? I was born again. You know, you've heard Protestants say that. What does that mean? You know, they take that from John 3 where Christ is talking to Nicodemus. I think it's John 3, 3, 5 on top of my head. Talking to Nicodemus about being baptized, being born out of water and spirit. And Nicodemus has no idea what he's talking about. He said, how does a guy, how does somebody crawl back in? You know, he's talking about thinking about being born again, literally. And Christ has to, re- has to tell, you know, tell him, no, water and spirit. So, I mean, Nicodemus didn't get it at the first. I mean, that's, that was the whole point of the whole episode. But we'll see that coming up, how important that is, especially in the Gospel of John. But you can always ask your friends, say, hey, where's the, find me in the Bible, where's, you know, or where in John 3 does Christ say, accepting him as your personal Lord and Savior, anywhere in there? I mean, that, that idea is nowhere found. So you can tell them, say, hey, yeah, I've been born again the Bible way. That's baptism. So let's look at the context of the first couple of chapters. In John 1, Christ is baptized. In John 1, 31 through 34, uh, when he's baptized, the heavens are open, the Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove. You know, obviously Christ didn't need to be baptized. The thing was Augustine has said he he got he sanctified the waters. But he I mean, obviously he didn't need to be baptized. Saint John the Baptist exclaimed that he needed to be baptized by Christ in Matthew three fourteen. The Lord was baptized to show us the way of salvation. Then the next chapter, he performs his first miracle in John one, John two one through eleven by transforming water into wine. Yeah, the miracle of Cana. Notice that he used water from the six stone jars for his Jewish rites of purification. Like they were uh, the Greek words baptismoi jars. So according to the Septuagint Greek canon of the Old Testament, these ritual purification waters were called baptismoi. Baptismoi. In essence, the Old Testament's baptismal waters. Uh, you can look up uh, Numbers 19, uh, 9 through 19. The Old Testament rites and sacrifices are only a shadow of the good things to come, as Hebrews 10, 11, 10 1 talks about. They can never take away sins, but God, Christ transforms the Old Testament water into wine, a symbol of new covenant perfection. And then in John 3, immediately after the whole born again discourse, Nicodemus. We see in John 3:22, he and his disciples are around the countryside and begin to baptize. And then in John 4, 1 through 2, it's just the, it's just the disciples are out there baptizing. So you can probably think that Christ already baptized the disciples, now the, ba- the disciples are out there baptizing others. So Because he wasn't out there doing anything. And later on, you can look at Mark 16:16, 16, 16. The one who believes and is baptized will be saved. You can also look at uh, the verse, Endure, whoever endures the end shall be saved, in Matthew 10, 22, 24, 13. That goes with the whole sinner's prayer. If somebody calls, you know, someone uh, saying, Our Lord, you need to do, or say, Our Lord is our personal Lord and Savior, which normally they'll probably bring up like Romans uh, 10, 9 through 10, which means if you confess with your heart 
and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So the Greek word in that will be saved is sozo, S-O-Z-O, sozo. It doesn't look like a real S, but you know what I mean. Which means to save. It is used to describe many things necessary for salvation. So those verses that I just brought up about uh, Mark 16, 16, believe and be baptized will be saved, and Matthew 10, 22, and 24, 13, or whoever endures to the end shall be saved. There's the same Greek word, will be saved, sozo. So that's the same idea which they would bring up in the quote-unquote sinner's prayer. It's the same idea in that. Then you got Galatians 3.27. For all of you who have been ba- who were baptized into Christ, have closed yourself with Christ. And Romans 6, 3 through 4 says, Are you unaware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were indeed buried with him through baptism unto death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. So you might get somebody that says, uh, you know, Protestant rebuttal and say, yeah, I think you're confusing your spiritual baptism with water baptism. Because you'll hear, he'll probably say, water baptism can't save you. They might try to bring up 1 Corinthians 12, 12. says that it is the Spirit that baptizes us into Christ, not some man. But then you just remember, say, hey, you know, don't forget the Holy Spirit also uses human instruments to convey a message. Don't forget humans wrote the Gospels. They used human hands inspired by the Holy Spirit to do it. For example, St. Paul said, How shall they hear without a preacher? Romans 10, 14. And the same is true for baptism. An action, a grace performed by the Holy Spirit in conjunction with the human action of the one who baptizes. Remember in Acts 2, 38, St. Paul exclaimed, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 22:16, Ananias declared to Saul, who had already professed faith in Christ the Lord, in verse 10, you know, Ananias gets knocked, uh, St. Paul gets knocked off the horse, goes sees Ananias, Ananias, I'm talking about everything, he believes. So Ananias says, why delay? Why, why tarry in the Dewey Rams? Get up and be baptized, and your sins washed away, calling on his name. Uh, 1 Peter 3, 20, 21 says, A few persons, eight in all, were saved through water. This prefigured baptism, which saves you now, is not a removal of the dirt from the body, but an appeal to God for the clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, that, pa- that passage can't be any clearer. <laughs> baptism now saves you. So you can, you can tell them, you know, by that time, there might be a little bit, you know, perturbed or kind of on edge. Say, well, they, they might try to throw something out, like Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own selves, but for the, it is for the gift of God, not works, lest any man so boast. And you can throw out exactly. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, the church baptizes infants. What good work could a baby do as an infant? He can't do anything. It's a free gift. Other verses on uh, baptism, John 3, 4, Mark 16, 16, baptism is required for entering into heaven. In 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 22, in Adam all died, in Christ all made alive. Uh, especially this is for, you know, infant baptism. Mark 10, 14, let the children come, to such belongs the kingdom. Uh, Luke 18, 15, people were bringing even infants to him. Colossians 2, 11-12, Baptism has replaced circumcision. Acts 16, 31, 
well, you can go through 15 through 33, really. It talks about the uh, baptism of the family. Uh, she was baptized with her whole household. Acts 16.33, he and all his family were baptized at once. None of that says that you know everyone but the kids got baptized, especially the infant. And on top of that, when we remember we went back to Colossians uh, 2.11-12, through 12, when it says baptism replaced circumcision, what was the law for circumcision? Circumcision had to be done within eight days. Same deal. Except now the whole idea of, remember St. Paul talks about no, no Jew, no Gentile, uh, no, no Jew, no Gentile, no female, no, no male, no female. That goes into baptism. Because then in, in <coughs> circumcision times, you had to be just a male. You had to be a Jew to be able to do that. Now that baptism, uh, now that Christ opened up for everybody, baptism is for everybody. Nor, not for just a Gentile, nor, not just for a Jew, not just for a male, not just for a female. Everyone can do it. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.16, uh, St. Paul says, I have baptized the household of Stephanus. St. Hippolytus of Rome in AD 215 said, Baptize first the children, and if they can speak for themselves, let them do so. Otherwise, let their parents or other relatives speak for them. That's from the apostolic tradition. Origin in 244, the church received from the apostles the tradition of giving baptism also to infants. That's in his commentary on Romans 5.9. Uh, in AD 252, the Council of Carthage condemned the opinion that newborns must wait until the eighth day to be baptized, like Old Testament circumcision. St. Cyprian of Carthage, letter 64. Uh, if you ever noticed, back in the uh, back, not too far long ago in the United States, or I think maybe in Europe too, uh, nurses knew how to baptize. You, you, you know, just in case. That's the whole idea of being a godparent, is that you took the child from the mother and brought him to get baptized you stood in her place you were the godparent bringing the church to god bringing the baby to god in baptism you didn't have wait a long time get everything situated you did it then now, especially if the kid was up as is uh you know struggling now miscarriages we have a i have a link on the website uh just type in miscarriages on how to baptize miscarriages because limbo is a thing a lot of people don't believe it. That's why people don't believe in limbo. Uh, take off on the baptism because why bother if everyone's going to heaven anyways? Why does it matter? But if you believe in the limbo part that nobody gets into heaven unless you get baptized, as Christ said in John three five, then you must be able to. You have to do it. Uh, but again, these, the one guy I remember, gentleman I remember from six years ago, he didn't get his kids baptized for nine years. Because he didn't believe in limbo. We actually had a discussion. I remember that the pre, the uh, a priest friend of mine came in and he tried to, the guy tried challenging me in front of the priest, asking him what he think of what he thought about what the situation was, and he just ended up doing the whole you know modern idea of of limbo doesn't exist really because you know the Pope says so and that the you know that conference that they had, which didn't really do anything, but you know according to Saint Thomas and Augustine, uh, yeah, uh, limbo exists. Especially St. Thomas, he, he's very clear on this. And anyway, let's t- let's see what the church uh, say. What some of the saints say on uh, baptism. By the way, if you want to look up on limbo, just go to the YouTube channel and type in limbo, and there's plenty on there for it. So St. Augustine, wicked sons do not have the Holy Ghost the same way as do beloved sons, and yet they do have baptism. So too heretics do not have the church as Catholics have, even though they have baptism. St. Fulgentius, 
anyone who is outside this church is walking a path not to heaven but to hell. He is not getting closer to the home of eternal life, but on the contrary, he is hurrying to the torment of eternal death. And this is the case not only if he remains a pagan without baptism, but even if it continues as a heretic after having been baptized. Pretty strong words. Blessed Jerome of Jerusalem. Although the Gentiles have scriptures and churches and sacrifices and teachers and books and a partial knowledge of God and some good actions and feast days and changing of garments and prayers and watchings and priests and other things, nevertheless, no one on earth possesses the grace and operation of the Holy Spirit except those who have been rightly baptized by faith in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, which goes into the idea of, you know, Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses don't have valid baptisms. Actually, the church will uh, conditionally baptize a Protestant just in case they messed up, but they reckon, we recognize that the, the Protestant baptism because they do the correct way. It's our sacrament. They steal it from us. Oh, by the way, baptism is the number one sacrament. You cannot get any other sacraments without baptism. Uh, St. Fulgentius again, hold most fir firmly and never doubt that at least the sacrament of baptism is able to exist not only within the Catholic Church, but also among heretics. But also the Catholic Church, it cannot be of any profit. But outside the Catholic Church, it cannot be of any profit. Nay, just as within the Church salvation is conferred through the sacrament of baptism upon those who rightly believe, so too outside the Catholic Church, ruin is heaped upon those who are baptized in the, name, in the same baptism if they do not return to the church. For it is the unity of such of this ecclesi ecclesiastical society that avails unto salvation, so that a man is not saved by baptism if it were not given in the place where it is necessary to be administered. You know, that's what we just talked about. It's, they, they stole our sacrament, basically. St. Cyprian, baptism pertains to the church alone. St. Cyprian again, Peter is showing that the church is one and not and that only those who are in the church can be saved, said in the Ark of Noah, certain persons, numbering only eight, were saved by baptism, which baptism affects in like manner for you, 1 Peter 3.20. He proves and demonstrates that the solitary Ark of Noah was the figure of the one church, if at the time of his baptism, uh, if at the time of this baptism of the world, anyone could have been saved without having been in the Ark of Noah, then he who is outside the church could now be brought to life by baptism. St. Fulgentius again, anyone who receives the sacrament of baptism, whether in a Catholic church or in a heretical or schismatic church, receives the sacrament. However, salvation, which is the strength of the sacrament, he will not have if he has the, had the sacrament outside the Catholic church. He must, therefore, return to the church not to receive the sacrament of baptism again, which no one dare repeat in, in any baptized person, but so that being now a Catholic society, in Catholic society, he might receive eternal life, which can never in any way be obtained by anyone who, with the sacrament of baptism, remains a stranger to the Catholic Church. Hold most firmly and never doubt that in the least that no person baptized outside the Catholic Church can become a particular of eternal life if before the end of his early life, earthly life, he has not returned and been incorporated in the Catholic Church. St. Augustine, the church gives us an understanding that some men who receive even baptism outside her, but that no one can either receive or possess salvation outside her. Thus, the baptism of the church can exist outside the church, but the gift of the blessed life is not found except within the church, which was founded on the rock and received the keys of binding and loosing. 
It is she who keeps and possesses every power of her spouse and Lord. For, for the water of the church is solitary and holy for those who use it well. But outside the church, no one can use it well. It may be that someone might have baptism apart, but that it should be it should do him good is impossible. This man says, quote, I have baptism. Yes, you have it. But baptism without charity profits you nothing, because without charity you are nothing. 1 Corinthians 13.2 For outside the church you would have baptism to destruction. If you have it inside, baptism begins to profit you towards salvation. Baptism St. Thomas Aquinas Baptism is the sacrament of faith. Now dead faith does not suffice for salvation. Therefore, the sacrament of baptism cannot give salvation to a man whose will expels the form of grace, a form of faith, expels the form of faith. St. Cyprian, knowing there is one baptism, we who hold the head and root of the one church know for certain that to him who is outside the church, nothing is lawful. St. Athanasius, for he who simply says, O Lord, does not administer baptism, but rather he who, with the name, also has the right faith. There are other, there are many other heresies too, which use the words only, but not in the right sense, nor with the sound faith. And in consequence, the water which is poured is unprofitable, deficient of piety, so that he who is sprinkled by them is polluted rather than redeemed. You can think of Jehovah's and Mormons. Saint Augustine. Although among heretics and schismatics there is the same baptism, nevertheless the remission of sins is not operative among them because of the very rottenness of discord and weakness of dissension. Baptism was in them, but it did not profit them outside the church. Outside the church, baptism works death because of discord. St. Cyprian, whereas there can be but one baptism, they think they can baptize. They have abandoned the fountain of light, yet promised the life and grace of waters of salvation. It is not cleansing which men find there, but soiling. Their sins are not washed away, but only added to. That being born again does not bring forth sons to God, but to the devil. Born of a lie, they cannot inherit the things which truth has promised. Begotten by the faithless, they are deprived of the grace of faith. St. Alphonsus Marie Liguori, a person may be baptized and yet not born again to grace in consequence of not having the necessary dispositions of baptism. St. Thomas Aquinas, right faith is a necessity required for baptism since it is said, quote, the justice of God is by the faith in Jesus Christ, Romans 3.22. Therefore, baptism without faith avails nothing and thus we must recall that without faith no one is acceptable to God. St. Gregory Nazianzen, these three things God requires of all the baptized. Bright faith and heart, truth and tongue, temperance of the body. St. Thomas Aquinas again. If anyone without the right faith receives baptism outside the church, he does not receive it into salvation. From the comparison of the church to paradise, we learned that men can receive her baptism even outside her fold, but that there no one can receive or keep the salvation of the blessed. St. Augustine again. Baptism does not profit a man outside unity with the church, for many heretics also possess the sacrament, but not the fruits of salvation. The benefits which flow from baptism are necessarily fruits which belong to the true church alone. Children baptized in other communions cease to be members of the church when, after having the age of reason, they make formal profession of heresy, as, for example, by receiving communion in a non-Catholic church. That's exactly what we're talking about with the Protestants on this. 
So that's a little bit of what the saints teach about uh, baptism in this. A couple of quotes on how important it is. But it's the most important sacrament. You can't get any other ones without it. And uh, you also have baptism of desire and baptism of blood. You have uh, a blood one is a great one. We've got St. Uh, Emerenciana, uh, who got killed at the tomb of St. Agnes. Her feast day, I can't recall off the top of my head. Just type her up. You'll you'll see it. We'll get into that later. Again, with baptism of desire, it's uh, it's taught by St. Pius X in his catechism, Council of Trent, et al., many different saints, St. Alphonsus Liguori, don't believe the the online uh, magisterium, the Facebook hysterium. Uh, they'll, you know, they're not everyone that types on Facebook's right. We'll bring that up more in a later episode. But yeah, this is just a little beginning. Memorize those verses that we were talking about. Uh, the John one, Christ is baptized. John two, the feast of Cana, the miracle of Cana. We change the six baptismal jars into wine. Perfect, the simple perfection. John 3, 5, the baptismal discourse. John 3, later, I think it's 322, where they're out there baptizing. John 4, the, just the apostles out there baptizing. Mark 16, 16, believe and be baptized if you, if you would be saved. And especially 1 Peter 3, uh, 19-21, the baptism now saves you. <laughs> That's what I sound like they say. That's a big one. Anyway, well, God bless, and I look forward to doing the next one with y'all. Uh, God bless and Mary keep you.